Book Eight, Chapter Eleven of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter Eleven. The Computations of Self-Love. Camilla left her sister to accompany Mrs. Burlington to the rooms, no other mode remaining for seeing Edgar, who since her rejection had held back from repeating his attempt of visiting Mrs. Burlington. In mutual solicitude, mutual watchfulness, and mutual trials of each other's hearts and esteem, a week had already passed, without one hope being extirpated, or one doubt allied. This evening was somewhat more, though less pleasantly decisive accident want of due consideration and sudden recollection in an agitated moment of the worldly doctrine of mrs arbery had led camilla once more into the semblance of a character which without thinking of she was acting born simple and ingenious and bred to hold in horror every species of art all idea of coquetry was foreign to her meaning though an untoward contrariety of circumstances playing upon feelings too potent for deliberations had eluded her into a conduct as mischievous in its effects and as wide from artlessness in its appearance as if she had been brought up and nourished in fashionable egotism such however was not camilla her every propensity was pure and when reflection came to her aid her conduct was as exemplary as her wishes but the ardour of her imagination acted upon every passing idea shook her judgment from its yet unsteady seat and left her at the mercy of wayward sensibility that delicate but irregular power which now impels to all that is most disinterested for others now forgets all mankind to watch the pulsations of its own fancies this evening brought her back to recollection young westwin urged by what he deemed encouragement and prompted by his impatient father spoke of his intended visit to cleves and introduction to sir hugh in terms of such animated pleasure and with a manner of such open admiration that she could not mistake the serious purposes which he meant to imply alarmed she looked at him but the expression of his eyes was not such as to still her suspicions frightened at what now she first observed she turned from him gravely meaning to avoid conversing with him the rest of the evening but her caution came too late her first civilities had flattered both him and his father into a belief of her favour and this sudden drawback he imputed only to virgin modesty which but added to the fervour of his devoirs camilla now perceived her own error the perseverance of young westwin not merely startled but appalled her his character unassuming though spirited was marked by a general decency and propriety of demeanour that would not presumptuously brave distancing and awakened her therefore to a review of her own conduct as it related or as it might seem to himself and here not all the guiltlessness of her intentions could exonerate her from blame with that finely scrutinizing monitor to which heaven in pity to those evil propensities that law cannot touch 
nor society reclaim, has devolved its earthly jurisdiction in the human breast. With her hopes she could play, with her wishes she could trifle, her intentions she could defend, her designs she could relinquish, but with her conscience she could not combat. It pointed beyond the present moment, it took her back to her imprudence with Sir Sedley Clarendon, which should have taught her more circumspection, and it carried her on to the disappointment of Henry and his father, whom, while heedlessly she had won, though without the most remote view to beguile, she might seem artfully to have caught for the wanton vanity of rejecting. While advice and retrospection were thus alike oppressive in accusation, her pensive air and withdrawn smiles proved but more endearing to young Westwin, whose internal interpretation was so little adapted to render them formidable, that his assiduities were but more tender, and allowed her no response. Edgar, who with the most suffering suspense, observed her unusual seriousness and its effect upon Henry, drew from it with the customary ingenuity of sensitive minds to torment themselves the same inference for his causeless torture as proved to his rival a delusive blessing but while thus he contemplated henry as the most to be envied of mortals a new scene called forth new surprise and gave birth to yet new doubts in his mind he saw camilla not merely turn folly away from his rival but enter into conversation, and give apparently her whole attention to Lord Valhurst, who, it was palpable, only spoke to her of her charms, which alternately with those of Mrs. Burlington he devoted his whole time to worshipping. Camilla by this action meant simply to take the quickest road she saw in her power to show young Westwin his mistake. Lord Valhurst she held nearly in aversion, for though his vindication of his upright motives at the bathing-house joined to her indifference in considering him either guilty or innocent made her conclude he might be blameless in that transaction his perpetual compliments enforced by staring eyes and tender glances wearied and disgusted her but he was always by her side when not in the same position with mrs burlington and while his readiness to engage her made this her easiest expedient his time of life persuaded her it was the safest little aware of the effect this produced upon edgar she imagined he would not more notice her in any conversation with lord valhurst than if she were discoursing with her uncle but while she judged from the sincerity of reality she thought not of the mischief of appearance what in her was designed with innocence was rendered suspicious to the observers by the looks and manners of her companion. The pleasure with which he found at last that incense received, which hitherto had been slighted, gave new zest to an odulation which, while Camilla endured merely to show her coldness to young Westwin, seemed to Edgar to be offered with a gross presumption of welcome, that must result from an opinion it was addressed to a confirmed coquette offended in his inmost soul by this idea he scarce desired to know if she were now stimulated most by a wish to torment henry or himself or only by the general pleasure she found in this new mode of amusement be it cried he to dr marchmont as it may with me all is equally over i seek not to recall an attachment liable to such intermissions such commotions 
what would be my peace my tranquillity with a companion so unstable a mind all at large in its pursuits a dissipated wife no i will remain here but to let her know i acquiesce in her dismission and to learn in what form she has communicated our breach to her friends dr marchmont was silent and they walked out of the room together leaving the deceived camilla persuaded he was so indifferent with regard to the old peer that all her influence was lost and all her late exertions were thrown away by one evening's remissness in exciting his fears of a young rival melmont returned to southampton the next morning with an air of deep and settled melancholy he had found the two brothers together and the candour of his appearance the plainness of his declaration the openness with which he stated his situation and his near relationship to mrs burlington procured him a courteous hearing and he soon saw that both the father and the uncle though they desired time for consideration and inquiry were disposed to favour him mr tyrrell though to his acknowledged recent disappointment of fortune he attributed his address had so little hope that any man at once amiable and rich would present himself to his unfortunate eugenia that when he saw a gentleman well educated well allied of pleasing manners and with every external promise of a good and feeling character modestly and with no professions but of esteem and respect seek her of her friends he thought himself not even entitled to refuse him he told him however that he could conclude upon nothing in a matter of such equal interest to himself and his wife without her knowledge and concurrence and that during the time he demanded before he gave a final answer he required a forbearance of all intercourse beyond that of a common acquaintance his first design was immediately to send for eugenia home but the young man appeared so reasonable so mild so unlike a fortune-hunter that constitutionally indulgent where he apprehended nothing criminal he contented himself with writing to the same effect to eugenia fully satisfied of her scrupulous punctuality when once his will was known melmont though thus well received returned back to southampton with any air rather than that of a bridegroom the order not to wait upon eugenia in private was the only part of his task he performed with satisfaction for though a mind really virtuous made him wish to conquer his repugnance to his future partner he felt it could not be by comparing her with indiana eugenia received the letter of her father written in his own and her uncle's name with transport and to testify her grateful obedience resolved to name the impending transaction to no one and even to relinquish her visits to mrs burlington and only to see melmont when accident brought him before her in public but mrs mitten through words casually dropped or conversations not very delicately overheard soon gathered the particulars of her situation which happily furnished her with a new subject for a gossiping visit to miss margland and indiana the first of these ladies received the news with unconcern rather pleased than otherwise that the temptation of an heiress should be removed from any rivalry with the charms of her fair pupil who by no means however listened to the account with equal indifference 
the sight of melmont at southampton with the circumstance of his being brother to the honourable mrs burlington had awakened all the pleasure with which she had first met his impassioned admiration and while she haughtily expected from every public exhibition to bring home hearts by dozens the secret point she had in view was showing melmont that her power over others was as mighty as it had been over himself she had not taken the trouble to ask with what end what was past never afforded her an observation what was to come never called forth an idea occupied only by the present moment things gone remained upon her memory but as matters of fact and all her expectations she looked forward to but as matters of course to lose therefore a conquest she had thought the victim of her beauty for life was a surprise nearly incredible to lose him to eugenia an affront scarcely supportable and she waited but an opportunity to kill him with her disdain but melmont who dreaded nothing so much as an interview availed himself of the commands of mr tyrrell in not going to the lodgings of eugenia and lived absorbed in a melancholy retirement which books alone could a little alleviate the conclusion of the letter of mr tyrrell gave to camilla as much pain as every other part of it gave to eugenia pleasure it was an earnest and parentally tender prayer that the alliance with melmont should his worth appear such as to authorize its taking place might prove the counterpart to the happiness so sweetly promised from that of her sister with edgar while camilla sighed to consider how wide from the certainty with which he mentioned it was such an event she blushed that he should thus be uninformed of her insecurity but while a reconciliation was not more her hope than her expectation with every rising sun she could not endure to break his repose with the knowledge of a suspense she thought as disgraceful as it was unhappy yet her present scheme to accelerate its termination became difficult even of trial the obviously serious regard of henry was a continual reproach to her and the undisguised approbation of his father was equally painful yet she could now only escape them by turning to some other and that other was necessarily lord valhurst whose close siege to her notice forced off every assailant but himself this the deluded camilla thought an expedient the most innoxious and gave to him so much of her time that his susceptibility to the charms of youth and beauty was put to a trial beyond his fortitude and in a very few days notwithstanding their disproportion in age his embarrassed though large estates and the little or no fortune which he had in view he determined to marry her for when a man of rank and riches resolves to propose himself to a woman who has neither he conceives his acceptance not a matter of doubt in any other society his admiration of camilla might easily like what he had already experienced and forgotten for thousands of her sex have escaped so grave or decided a tendency but in mrs burlington he saw so much of youth and beauty bestowed upon a man whom he knew to be his own senior in age that the idea of a handsome young wife was perpetually present to him he weighed like all people who seek to entice themselves to their own wishes but one side of the question and risked like all who succeed in such self-seduction 
the inconvenience of finding out the other side too late. He saw the attractions of his fair kinswoman, but neglected to consider of how little avail they were to her husband. He thought, with exultation, of that husband's age and almost childishness, but forgot to take into the scales that they had obtained from his youthful choice only disgust and avoidance. While he waited for some trinkets, which he had ordered from town, to have ready for presenting with his proposals, Edgar only sought an opportunity and courage to take his last farewell. Whenever Camilla was so much engaged with others that it was impossible to approach her, he thought himself capable of uttering an eternal adieu. But when, by any opening, he saw where and how he might address her, his feet refused to move, his tongue became parched, and his pleading heart seemed exclaiming, Oh, not to-night, yet, yet another day, ere Camilla is parted with for ever. But suddenly, soon after Camilla ceased to appear, at the rooms, at the place, at the balls, and at the private assemblies, Edgar looked for her in vain. Her old adulator also vanished from public places, while her young admirer and his father hovered about in them as usual, but spiritless, comfortless, and as if in the same search as himself. End of chapter 11 Read by Lars Rolander